You're tuned in to the Mooney Mooney Stories podcast presented by the Filipinas Heritage Library and the OPM Archive. In every episode, we highlight one song and one OPM artist represented in the Himig Collection and the OPM Archive. In today's episode, we had the chance to chat with Pia Magalona and Sab Magalona Bacaro. We talked about Filipinizing rap music, the legacy of Francis M, and thoughts on what would Francis M talk about if he were to guest in a podcast. Would he enter the podcasting world? We tried to unpack the message of the song, Mga Kababayan, to the generation who never had the chance to see him perform live. And why we should still listen to the words and bars of their Padre de Familia, the late Francis M. Mga kababayan! Mga kababayan ko! This is the Mooney Mooney Stories Podcast. Ating kayamanan dapat ay ingatan Ating mga awit ngayon at kailanman Aawitin, yayakapin, iingatan Ngayon at kailanman ating kayamanan Hi, Ms. Pian Sab. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you so far in this quarantine? Hi, we're fine. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi, Sophie. Hi. <laughs> that was a that was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Let's go and deep dive into the purpose of this episode. So, but before that, of course, you wanted to understand the background of Francis M as an artist. What do you think were his influences? And why do you think he created those songs? You can switch turns, whoever who wants to go first, either Miss Pia or Sap. I think I'll give the floor to my mother who <laughs> was there when it all, it all began. Happened. So, mom. Yes. Thank you for asking and thank you for featuring mga kababayan, especially Francis M, because I was also um, thinking that this is a very apt time in our lives for our country as uh, with everything that's going on in the world. So Francis and I were born just two days apart, October 4 for him and October 6 for me in the same year, 1964. So apparently... Um, our lives were like, how do you call that? Uh, Intertwined? In, no, Serendipitous? Like, no, like uh, we, um, they were parallel. like parallel to each other, I guess. <laughs> With regard to going to school and and family life, I guess, I think we had the same type of family background, although we had a bigger, he came from a bigger family. But basically, when we met, we both knew that we loved this each song. other <laughs> love this song called rap of delight which oh. was around when we were i think in the fifth grade so that was the only rap song i really knew of but he was kind of really into rap we met <laughs> i know 80s. rappers delight yes. sorry oh. one, one two three i said a one i said a hip 
hop, a hip, okay. a hip, a hip, hip, hop, you don't stop. Yeah, yeah. The... I know that song. Yeah. So my background is more of classical music, ballet, and rock and roll. So because rock and roll is like intertwined with classical music. And of course, like British punk and stuff like that. But Francis was more on um, R&B and hip hop. And, but both of us love jazz fusion because I think we that came to us to our lives when we were in college. So if you meld all of those sounds together, you come up with like this whole hodgepodge of sounds, which is like. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is that we both loved music so much, but I couldn't really understand anything about rapping until he educated me about it. Uh, then he taught me that there are like five parts to hip hop, mm-hmm. of the culture of hip hop, which is um, street dancing, break dancing. What do you call it, Frank? Dan? Graffiti. Graffiti. <laughs> MCing. So he taught me all of that. And I appreciated it, although I couldn't really make those moves because my style is more of classical and ballet. So, but I really appreciated it. I thought he was really good at what he did. And he taught me that his his influences were Africa Bambata, who's the mm. grandfather of hip hop. And later on, when he became more into uh, political rap, mm-hmm. I, I discovered that he really loved Public Enemy mm. and NWA. And oh. yeah, and another one he really really liked just for style is Curtis Blow and LL Cool J for the romantic style. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I was around, yeah, I would see his albums of Rage Against the Machine oh, and yes. the Nirvana when he was fusing rock and rap. <laughs> yeah, and he was ahead of them. Yeah. <laughs> in doing so and also for Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. because yeah, well that's another story. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so uh, that's his influences, and in oh, so he influenced them. <laughs> <laughs> no, although it was just it happened that maybe the fantastic thing about back in the day, it's like you were so into music because you didn't have any like gadgets to distract you or to tell you what other people are thinking. So it's like really everything you just just go out there per chance. You just want to create, and yeah, and normally he created we created stuff that we liked not because other people wanted it so um the big influence there also of course is disco <laughs> so saturday night live and stuff like that he really started as like freewheeling rapping but later on which i think we're gonna tackle later he only became more a social rapper when he started hanging out with my mom who's like a really good historian because she loves Philippine history and world history and stuff like that and she lived through all of these so Francis learned a lot from my mom so that's what influenced his writing a lot also from the start it was more his first songs were Wanna Be Me and Loving You and something that was like more of Bobby Brown style mm. so nothing social yet Ang galing nung the journey, yung transition that in each part siguro of his life and the people he had the opportunity to meet na na-influence din siya of what he will be able to create or what he created. So jumping from that creative energy and alam din naman natin to like he also had acting chops, he also had hosting chops and eventually he is more popular or more known into 
because he delved into rapping. And in the latter part of his life, he also delved into photography. Do you think that he would try podcasting as well? Definitely. 100%. <laughs> he was really, he's always been ahead of his time. He was blogging before most people were vlogging. I feel like he would have made a really good vlog also. Yeah. And then he likes, and I, I think I got it from him, the mm-hmm. love for gadgets and technology yeah. and you know, finding One different, yeah, finding like <laughs> these different platforms to express yourself. I think he would have been a really, parang one million, one million subscribers on easily YouTube yeah. or you know in the podcasting world as well. Yeah, because Francis was a DJ on DMZ on FM radio. So, wow. Yeah, it was mostly like, of course, spinning records, but nothing much about talking. So, he would have loved doing a podcast. And we call him Mr. Scientist because he knows a lot of like factual things. And he Trivia. likes, yeah, and which is so different from now, from today. So, he would be like number one telling people, also like guiding people on what would be the real thing, the real deal, and stuff like that. And he loves conversations. He, even in um, concerts or shows, he in the wait, in the holding area, he'd strike up a conversation with everyone, with anyone there, just to, you know, talk to people. With the things that you have shared, we see, or we had the glimpse, that I think one of the, one of the qualities he really had was that he's curious about um, doing the next thing or in all of the things, like, for example, in experimenting into different genres or, let's say, experimenting into the next field that he wanted to explore. Um, do you think that energy plus creativity is something that's also inculcated in the Magalona household? And is that parang automatic or is was it something that parang nurture versus nature? Was that environment? I think this is for Sab and Miss Pia could also jump in. Would do you think that energy, yung creativity, that cultivating of curiosity was something that's parang automatic in your household growing up? Or talagang na-observe nyo na lang? And eventually, you also got attracted to it and eventually pinagpatuloy nyo na lang. Like right now, you uh, we can see naman, like, you sing to your sons, pinagpatuloy mo na lang din yung ganong, ganong approach of upbringing. Um, to answer your question, there was absolutely no creativity in our household. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, obviously, I think um, I think it wasn't like a conscious decision to make us like artists or to love music. Not at all. I think it all just came naturally. We had honestly, I think we had no choice because music <laughs> was every time, everywhere, and people coming over, and people yeah. come over from. <laughs> You know, from bands and all these different artists, uh, well-respected ones, um, I might add. <laughs> and uh, it was just watching them create stuff and perform just so comfortably. There was a sense of curiosity that was sparked. And personally, for me, I've just always been, oh, I want to have that. I want to have that um, process as well. I want to create things and you know uh, have that sense of achievement when I've done something and aside from the music of course yung 
pag-nurture, I think, um, thanks to my mom who would always supply us with books at home. She, she, <laughs> there's an infamous story that my parents share about the encyclopedia. Uh, my mom was, parang nabudol daw siya ng, <laughs> ng pagbili ng encyclopedia set. Because <laughs> at, at that time, at that time, it was so expensive. It's, it's up to now, it's really expensive. And but Francis thought it was not a priority. <laughs> but my mom has no regrets about yes. the encyclopedia. Yeah, if I could also add <laughs> to that, the thing is, uh, Francis came from a family of the only love team that actually went into from real to real life and they had nine children. Francis was the eighth of nine. Although they had talent also in Just music. to clarify, sorry, that's Papa's parents. Mm-hmm. Papa's parents, yeah. Pancho and Tita. Yeah. yeah. So they were from the that generation of Sampaguita pictures. Mm-hmm. So although the siblings showed like interest in in the arts, they were not really encouraged. I'm not judging them or anything but Francis was not really happy about that because although he wanted to take fine arts in college he was led towards taking business which he was not really interested in in college gosh I feel so, like our lives would be so different <laughs> so, I don't even know I don't would you have met we would he, not have no? met probably yeah. so the thing is when we met I think he was more in love with my family <laughs> yeah because in my family, my parents are, my dad's an engineer, my mom's uh, in advertising, but they're so into the arts, into photography and everything to do with, with the arts. And all my siblings finished fine arts, except so just not me. So <laughs> that, that's the thing. So he really liked being with our family because growing up, we were encouraged to be unique, actually. My mom did not believe in herd mentality. She was always like, go against the grain. And like, and even my dad would say, you know, I, well, if everybody's doing this, do something else so that you discover something different. So we were just really encouraged by that. Although they were very strict with us. So I don't know how we could only discover things through books. That's why, our, hence our love for books. So we would go on adventures through books, but be really creative because we also didn't grow up with any television. So put me and Francis together with our family we said that we would like our children to grow up also being their own selves and that we would just like encourage what they wanted to do. But it would depend on their age. Yeah, that was it. Nakarelate ako ng konti dun sa encyclopedia story because I'm also a 90s kid. I mean, the Gen Z kids wouldn't be able to to, yeah. to relate to that. But um, I think the, ni- the 90s kids... Um, and their parents. Ano yun eh? Naglalako yung mga... I don't know what happened during that time, but it seems that all of the people who grew up in the 90s had that encyclopedia story. Talking about the 90s now, we transition to that. Yun nga, growing up, how did that era, how did that decade help Francis in the creation of his songs? I think Miss Pia can answer this. And then for Sab naman, how did growing up in the 90s affect you right now in the songs that you create for cheats and all of your other creative pursuits? Well, it's exactly... We were on the verge of the 90s when we released Yo, the first album. So that means in 88 or 89, we had already started recording because our first single was Loving You, which was just supposed to be like a 
a side project for a Michael Jackson song. And it was like a rap version. Because before that, speaking of which, Francis was an actor when he first... So he did Baguettes too. Yeah. And then he did... He was a Viva Films actor. But the thing is, he got frustrated because there weren't enough roles for him because he was a bit... Sorry, friends, but he was not taller really than the leading ladies. <laughs> so, but the thing is, he wanted to be more of a character actor. Like, they did tell him that he was going to be in the mold of James Dean, like a problematic, like, character. The bad stuff boy. Like that. Yeah, like a, mm-hmm. like a Bida Contrabida. Like yeah. But the thing is, it never materialized. So, I think, especially with artists, you know, it hurts really deep when things don't happen and he got really disappointed. But the thing is, we happened to be cast in a sitcom of Dolphy called Plaza 1899 where he played a DJ mm-hmm. and he started bringing his raps on the show, which he just, you know, it was just okay. like, uh, how do you call that? Like, it's just uh, something that spontaneous, yeah. And then, so aside from that... Ad-lib? Ad-libs, yeah. So he would do that and then he was cast also on Loveliness, so he would That's be the show of... of Alma Moreno, which was like a really big hit in the oh. late 80s. Oh, is it like a, just a dance show performance? It, it's a variety show, oh. but Francis had the top 10 portion where Alma Moreno would dance to the top 10 hits of the week. The, just, you know, the chorus. <laughs> but he would introduce it by a rap. Each and song. Each song. And back then, also trivia... Those who were like eventually became like executive bosses of ABS-CBN, Deo and Jinal, they were our writers back then. So like they were really like out straight from college and all of that. So we were all like the 90s was like super creative despite everything that's going on around. We, you know, we just came out of like martial law and all because we were martial law babies. We were half like scared and like we didn't know if we could say. That's why we would voice everything we wanted to say in song so it was like sort of mask the thing is in the 90s uh we released we finally released the album which had 10 songs and only one tagalog song which was mga kababayan so that was in 1990 and it just so happened that mount pinatubo erupted so we really needed uh it was just right timing so the song became anthemic so that people would happen to be inspired by it when, when that happened. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yes. Like what you were saying, parang, there was a release after the martial law, yeah. after people power. Yeah. People had that energy talaga yeah. to express themselves in ways that they can. And in this case, for Francis M., he expressed himself through the avenues available to him. So, yun nga po, like what you were saying, parang, in insert niya through ad-libs in the songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, in the raps, in the shows. And then eventually, in the beginning of the 90s, that's when you decided to release the album. Yes. Growing up naman, so yun yung on Francis' side. On growing up, um, growing up in the 90s, how did it affect you, Sab, right now? Uh, if you are to refer things or influences from that decade? I guess I can only compare it to what I know, which is how my younger siblings and the Gen Z, and my tumanda in the 2000s, 2010s. I feel like me as a 90s kid, I really had, the, I guess everyone says that, right? But mm-hmm. I, I think I had the best time because yeah. it's a mix eh, of analog and digital mm-hmm. and, you know, the internet was just starting, starting yeah. and also, I just really, I feel like 
it's the best mix. We were exposed to parang the old style of music and then biglang nagiging electronic feels na tama ba pero matagal naman na yung electronic. No, I, I mean, think what Sab also I, what I observed is Sab grew up with OPM already. Uh-oh. OPM already was like accepted because mm-hmm. before our time ako naman papaglaban ko yung 80s. Oh, yeah, I course. love the 80s of course the decadence <laughs> and all but the thing is in the 80s OPM was not really much heard of it was not too much respected because there were not many ways to like release it. It wasn't even called OPM at that time. And the last thing we had was Manila Sound I think in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Sab had a great time of the mix of the, you know, airplay on radio was mm-hmm. and I think part of that also because people banded together already mm-hmm. locally to come up and professionalize really and you know but we did have to give a good standard of music for the listeners but wasn't the 90s the time na talagang nagkaroon ng mga music venues for local artists also yeah no? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and music museum yeah, yeah stuff yeah. like that mm-hmm. nakaka-relate na naman ako like every all of the 90s kids yun nga parang it's the in between so aside from nationally the in terms of the context here in the Philippines may release nga from the dictatorship and then eventually we had the ability to express ourselves and it reflected so i think yun nga yung pag-sprout ng music venues yung boom ulit ng OPM partially we can connect it to that as well um now we will zero into the album and some of his songs kasi like what you've mentioned in in his career Francis M was inspired or influenced by certain political events. Events. <laughs> Let's call them events. Like for example, yung 1-800-1986, um, may historical and political undertone siya. It, of course, it's about the revolution. Now, dun sa proseso niya, dun sa pagsulat ng mga kanta na ito, is it more, does he really do his research first or um it comes or organic sa free flowing okay i wanted when he approaches an idea for a song how does he prepare for it siguro yun siya and are there some songs na yung talagang pinag-upuan niya okay i wanna do a song or a rap a rap song about this particular event and magre-research siya. Versus some songs na talagang it just flowed naturally. In his parang discography, may ganun ba? The thing is, I have to say, I don't know if all artists are like this, but it's just like a human being, I guess. Like, when you start off, like, your process is different. And then, of course, it means that you're progressing if you get mm-hmm. better at doing things later on, right? As I mentioned, his first album was more of fun, dance. There were even a couple of covers there that we had to do because they were artists from our la- same label. So we had the chance to, to don't make me over, stuff like that, you know? So I had to do a rap version of that. So they were like signed with our same label, foreign artists. But the only song there that was Tagalog was Mga Kababayan. Because that was the start that was very personal to him. Because most of our of his political songs are the jumping board would be anger. Okay. Francis really is the endless discussions we have. Because I can start, I would just say a sentence and he can like, you know, just contradict me just so that we'd have <laughs> an, an argument. argument or a discuss <laughs> what we like to call a discussion. But you know, it's like but the thing is, that's why he does that, is so that he can learn more. And then I find that I also learn more of him, which is the best kind of relationship you can have, even with friends. 
So I don't really like that we agree on everything, you know, and that would be like really boring, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you had just a friend. So it's nice that you learn na parang, ah, pala yon. So parang, oh yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. It, not to say that he was always wrong, but he knew that when he was wrong, he just wouldn't admit it, but he would incorporate it in his next work, let's say. That's how he said sorry. He makes a song. <laughs> to the whole world. Yeah. My question actually, mom, is yeah. uh, ako yung nag-question. Sure. But like, if it's okay, Sophie. Go ahead, of course. <laughs> you have to fight to put mga kababayan on his album. Since it's the only Tagalog one and it was the per- very personal one. Yes, thank you for asking that. Because, <laughs> no, it brings me back to those days, you know. If I may say, so it was like this. We were living in a townhouse and then Francis's brother, who is from America, was visiting us, Henry. Yeah. So they wrote, they started to write a song. <laughs> I'm sorry, then, my mom's like mumbling to me like, yeah. who Sa- these people are. Yeah. I'm like, I know these people, mom. Okay. <laughs> I know, why am I telling her? So anyway, so they, they would do things. And Francis, Sab can attest to this, Francis really loved to get my ire. <laughs> so he would try to provoke me. And, you know, back in the day, when I was not yet mature, I would super react. You would get triggered. Like, really, like, one thing, and I'd like, like, ah, a whole litany. That's exactly what my husband Jim does to me. He tells me that's his way of lambing. He really loves, talagang ang goal niya is, piconin ako. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he says it's so cute. <laughs> well, Francis never told me that. He just always liked, I just always felt he wanted to annoy me, but it was maybe because he wanted to hear more ideas, maybe spout out, and and he would like include it maybe in his whatever. Yeah, well, so, you were obviously his news. So anyway, he would, he and Henry, his brother, came up with this song and then he showed it to me. And I was like, Franz, gusto mo bang makaaway lahat ng tao? Because he put there. Na, Can you say it? Whatever you're going to say. Yeah, I don't okay, know. Sure. But he would say, the thing, because they, of course, his brother having a background, that's why I mentioned he was in the States, because he would say, you know, the system there and and everything there is so ganyan. Because there's opportunity. But that's why it's called naman, I mean, honestly, you have to say, it's the American dream. It's opportunity and freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Originally. Can't until, say that Until right today. <laughs> they have this leader who is twinning with our leader. Yeah. Anyway, so back in the day, Francis would, Francis' lyrics said, Puro kayo like this, puro kayo like that. Which was like kind of criticizing our people. And and then I said to him, if I may suggest, can you put it in a more positive way? So he listened naman. And then I said, because of course, I have to sign off also. Because I also have to see, like sometimes he'll make sing it there, cuss words. And I have to say, you cannot put cuss words because that's just going to get bleeped. And also, you you have children, so that you know. But which is later on, it's a good legacy, right? I don't mind. <laughs> the thing you don't mind, but a lot of people yeah, yeah. back in the day, you know, it's like it lessens the the uh, no, the, the message, audience, yeah. Uh, and that's what I was saying. Like you know, you want to get your message out there. So why would you want intrigue if you just put all everything there? Your song might just get thrown away, right? So that's why it became. This is I said, yeah, see, you can bring out you can bring out the good, the positive qualities of the Filipino and say that we should be more like that. And it was just very simple. We were just in our twenties back then. And that was it. It's like 
it was very inspiring. And that was the process. So later on, as we grew older, that's when he became more and he learned more also from my mom about history. And because we also went to EDSA, I would bring like my older children were babies already back then, toddlers, but I would take them with us to EDSA. And even Silasab, they were with us in the human chain. I did all. EDSA too. Yeah. So see, you can you can base it on my children how long we've been fighting. <laughs> so we're with with our administration because somehow it's just really we are still waiting for the day that our government will be for the people by the people. That's all we ask for because we just really want. That's so funny. Did, did we answer your question? Yeah. yeah. Did we answer your question? Yeah. We- Yeah. We need a voice. Yeah. Right. Tama. Yeah. Actually, maganda na rin siyang transition to zeroing in to mga kababayan na nga. The highlighted song for today. If there is a song, honestly, personally for me, if there is a song that would encapsulate like a, the Filipino spirit and kung ano man yung gusto niyang abutin, yun siya talaga eh. And parang it's a call yeah. for all of the Filipinos to stand up and be idealistic, believe in these themes like justice, mm-hmm. human rights, love, understanding. Yun nga eh. Makikita natin yung messages na yun sa mga kanta na yan. Nakwento na rin yung collaboration process that when he creates a song or when he has an idea, parang nagbabatuhan kayo ng ideas to either improve or <laughs> include this. Um, like what shared kanina. Shared, yeah. Do you think yung ideals na to, yung calls na to, was it in him as an artist? As, of course, in his words, it's reflected. Number two, as an individual, as like Francis M., as a father, as a partner, do you always see parang these values na isa sa buhay niya with all of the roles that he portrayed or he in the life that he spent here? As an artist, I mean, if you're really an artist, you don't proclaim that you're one. But the thing is, it comes out in your work that the true meaning of being an artist is to relay what you observe. And so we lived through this. The thing that Francis really could not understand, well, even a lot of us who think logically, is why do we have to pay taxes when we don't see the improvement Mm -hmm. happening? So we would write about Injustice, really, the themes were mostly injustice because when the children were growing up, that's how it hit him all the more. Because, you know, it's like you work so hard. How come you don't still have a difficult time saving up money? Because a chunk of it goes to taxes. And a lot of things you can't really do because you're an artist. Because, like, even when we tried to take out a loan, that's one of our, you know, big deals in our life. We were earning so much, but we tried to take out a loan. We could not because we never were seen as an employee. We were always talent. So it was still a different, you know, It and that's how we formed our company. But the thing is, like, you don't, nobody guides you through these things, really. It's like people are, like, the suits are always just trying to take advantage. That's the way we used to see it all the time. And, like, they just feel like the arts were not supported at all. Definitely. I wanted to say that, that here, like, they put so much on superficial beauty on the outside, but culture, art, sports, you know, things that really matter. It's not a priority here, but, you know, I mean, you can have your superficial beauty if you want, but please, we have to have a big foundation of culture because if you look at it, really, we don't have our own culture, Mm -hmm. really, honestly. Francis' instrument was rap, but 
he Filipinized it because he spoke really about what was happening here, which is not different from maybe how Freddie Aguilar also spoke about, but in song, right? And also Heber Bartolome. And it's just that... Uh, it's a different style. Different genres, but as long as it affects you. So that goes also into research, meaning if it really happened to him, a lot of things, like we also have Nilamo ng Sistema because he was like so aware that a lot of um, parents were sending their children to be Japayukis and work there and send money back to the families here. So it's like, it really destroys the family. It's like, why why not do we have to look elsewhere to find better pay for our jobs, right? Why can't we just build our families here and work here? You know, it's also having a simple life and, you know, like, uh, so many things happen. <laughs> yeah. I want to say I'm rapper in your mom. It's like really yeah. fast. <laughs> No, but that's because she has like a lot of ideas in her head. Yeah. And I'm also the same. So, the same. Yeah, we're so you'll have to stop us when we talk. I, I wanted to just add. Go, oh, go ahead. Go, go, go. Noise. One of the best things about being in the music industry now is that I get to work with a lot of people that he worked with and they just have nothing but good things to say about him. And I mean, of course, I don't think that they would be like, Oi, Sab, talk to me about bad stuff. But honestly, like, they would really, like, make it a big deal. Na- Seriously, like, he was just the nicest guy. And one of my good friends, uh, Jago Castillo of Sandwich, the band Sandwich, he actually worked with my dad and before he became an artist himself. Mm-hmm. And favorite ko yung, favorite ko stories niya kasi sinasabi niya na he was practically he was just nobody he was just in the background but then he mentioned it to my dad that he was listening to this one new band and then apparently when my dad went abroad on a trip he came back and gave jego a vinyl record of of that band and jego was just saying i was in the background and for him to remember that it shows what kind of a friend he is what kind of a guy he is and he was like a big deal already then, my dad. And I think that's like a good... I mean, if of course he's not perfect, but that's a good example, diba? He led by example of how to be good to people around you and just sweet, I guess. Yeah, and I yeah. think um, these are the and things thoughtful. that matter, I think. Yeah. Ang galing. So yeah, thank you for sharing those personal anecdotes because one aim of this whole season is to, aside from, of course, highlighting the songs, we wanted to shed light on the lives of the artists as well. And if it matches the messages that they were trying to bring or send across through their songs, if it matches to, to the lives that they've lived with the different roles, with the people that they encounter. And yung mga ganitong kwento, it shows na yun talaga, that happened aside from the songs. We also should memorialize how these people lived their lives through their legacy. Before we end, I only have... Oh, definitely. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, uh, I just wanted to note that that's actually very important that you said that because I know that patriotism and being pro-Filipino became kind of a trend for some time. And that wasn't cool, you know, being pro-Pinoy just for 
just to say it. And I think that's what sets my dad apart rin with his songs and the way he spoke up about hindi lang siya puro Filipino pride. It yeah. was also criticizing the government Correct. and uh, the Filipino people. It wasn't just all puro pro, pro, pro. So I thought, yeah, that was a good point that you made. If I can add to that, so I also noted that in my note. That the whole part of what we really wanted to establish at that time, because a lot of people, it's not this is not a bias on my own, but a lot of people really honor him as bringing patriotism to the Filipino people through music. Because it's true. All his songs were written on his experience. He calls them his babies. His songs are also his babies because he created them very lovingly and he took care really in in creating them. And he nurtured them and saw that they were for the good. Our whole point was Filipinize the world, meaning because we were very proud, we saw that the best trait of the Filipino is being caring. So it's not an actual product. But it's our feelings. It's, you know, which is very important. The nerve endings of your fingertips, right? When you touch other people and even the messages, the way you act. This is what I miss so much from the 90s also. That back in the day when there were not much... Social distancing. (laughs) No, no, no. There was not much. To compare to today, we don't mean Filipino pride just because somebody has like an ounce of Filipino blood in them and then they achieve like either an award or a world record or something, they get recognized. And then we all just say, ah, Pinoy yan. And then we start, we party on because of this person. That person is supposed to inspire us to also become an achiever in our own way, even just within our family, even in our barangays or in our turf. Because you're not going to be asked when you die. You're not going to be asked how rich were you, but how did you touch other people's lives? So that was the importance also of his songs. Mm-hmm. It's like introspection. Like, sing his song and then mm-hmm. think of it as relatable to yourself, right? Because you're Filipino. You be happy for other Filipinos who also make it. Stuff like that. Like, you should be happy that a lot of us make it. Not happy that people, you know, drop down. Yeah. I think Sorry. that also contributes to yun nga, yun, timelessness din ng song. Kasi since as you were explaining it and you're shedding light also to his life, it comes from that honest place. And listeners and fans up until this point of his songs would say that these songs, they were able to relate to it because part of parang it's also their truth. So I think aside from the fact like what you've said, being a Filipino, being all of these pro-Pinoy, having Filipino pride and all of that, is not just limited to being proud in its most basic sense of being proud of being Filipino. It also should translate into a ripple effect. And I think that is what we can see, what we can observe, and what we still feel today with this particular song on the discography of Francis M. So aside from that, why should we memorialize or remember songs and the things connected to it? Or yung parang either influences nung song creation process or let's say yung events attached to the song. Why do you think we should remember all of these other things aside from these songs as part of our history? And to follow up on that, why is it important to have an OPM archive? Given that both of you are also creators, aside from the fact that, of course, we also wanted to protect the legacy of Francis M. 
Yes, actually, I am very glad that it's very timely that you talk about mga kababayan because I am really harping, like, even on Twitter, I have this hashtag called hashtag listen to Francism because it's not just mga kababayan, but most of his songs are have something to do with our what's happening to us. It's still, it's very timely for today because it just doesn't, the chain never breaks. It just goes on and on that we are oppressed by whoever is in charge. And it's just that it seems we bring it upon ourselves because we don't educate ourselves enough on choosing who are supposed to be our leaders. Because the leaders are supposed to be the parents in a family. And so the, our leaders are supposed to be taking care of us. The citizenry is the, are the children. So we are just supposed to be following a good example from our leaders and our leaders should ask us to cooperate with them. But how can cooperate if they're not doing giving us a good example? So I really wish that listen to Francism, to all his songs, even the ones that didn't get airplay, they're on his oh. albums because we talk a lot about Baliktadang Mundo is one of my favorites also because injustice, you know, just because you have connections and all of that. And we see it right now, all of these thrown into jail for, you know, like the simplest reason, whereas those who have connections are just, you know, milling about with other people out there. So I also wanted to, sorry, but mention that Francis, you know, that the thing with his progress was through the years, whenever he'd meet an, an artist, he'd end up collaborating with them. And so his music genre grew and that we didn't just really label his music as just rap or hip-hop or oh. Filipino hip or that. But it's just that he was able to work with the likes of Joey Ayala, oh. Heber Bartolome. Actually, even Manny Pacquiao in Laban Ko, Laban Mo, which is actually supposed to inspire us as our birthright here. The Eraserheads, Parroquia ni Edgar, oh. Greyhounds, yeah. Kapatid, Carl Roy, at Edrew Abraham of Contra Gapi, yeah. Bayang Barrios, Levi Celeria the Great, and Cecil Guidote Alvarez, who commissioned us to write Basura, and we brought it to New York. It was about the Pasig River. Oh. We were trying to keep the Pasig River alive. And then RCBC commissioned us also to do oh. Idol Cosirizal. Then, of course, Perf de Castro, he's a big deal oh. in the rock and roll. Yeah. He was the one who made the melody for Jolog. We have a song for everything. We have a song for <laughs> people who eat dogs. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's very <laughs> But Francis named after Francis, you know, he's like the patron saint of animals. So Francis had such a colorful life, and you know, um, you could say it was a kaleidoscope. It was a kaleidoscope <laughs> of yeah. colors. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he did painting because of my siblings, and he held an exhibit at oh. the Penguin Cafe. And so you know, he always he was always longing for to belong to groups, also to be accepted because he was. Very very, you know, a lot of people like, you know, they say, yeah, he, they say nice things, but he was like really different from other people. With the list of the collaborations that you laid down kanina, linking it back, why is it important to archive all of these things? Why is it important for OPM to have that repository? What do you think? What does it tell us about our history? Siguro ilink natin doon about music, about being Filipinos. Because I think being called popular culture is the easiest link to the masses. So I think it's the easiest form of art to actually understand because music, music is universal. universal. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, thank you so much for that question. I don't know if it's for another episode or what. Maybe you could make it your intro episode for this podcast. But actually, if 
you weren't aware, the younger generation, we have been sort of averse to the term OPM, to the label OPM. I don't know if you've discussed it um, with your other guests before, but it makes us feel like we're in a box. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how I personally feel about it, but I have read a lot of discourse on the topic. Like, for example, with my band, we're called Cheats. We talk about our life experiences, not necessarily about being Filipinos. And unfortunately, we haven't released any Tagalog songs, but we will be. <laughs> Pero, I don't know, parang what are the, what would, I can what would that. it take to be part of the, parang the label OPM? And I can answer that because... OPM was created during our time. And for us, we also asked that question because we said, why can't we... Because we also have a lot of product made in English. So they definitely told us, no, it's as long as you are a Filipino and you created music, that's what falls under OPM. It's not about the beat. It's not about your lyrics. It's not about anything. As long as you... You, you are, are Filipino. a Filipino, and you were the one who created the music. And even if you collaborated with a so foreign artist, so would Bruno artist, Mars be OPM? No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's Filipino, but he's <laughs> not. I don't think he's like Nicole Scherzinger is Filipino. But was it recorded in a year. label? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. We're not in a label. <laughs> no, but you're still a Filipino. Maybe Sophie could shed light into oh. this. Magandang idea yan for siguro tama nga siya for a different episode <laughs> a whole new discussion parang mag-open tayo ng Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pero tama. But I really can't answer for sure about how the import. I like what my mom said about Filipino music. It's important to have an archive of it because especially with everything that she shared about my dad writing his songs because of the things that he was experiencing, they are a record of our history. So why wouldn't we have that in our archives as a Filipino society? That's a good ending. Thank you for gracing us for the second episode of Muni Muni Sorry's podcast. Uh, thank you for our listeners. For this episode, we are now featuring the highlighted song Mga Kababayan by Francis M. Thank you and yeah, see you again next time. Kailangan ay magmahalan Dapat
dapat lang ay pag-usapan ang hindi na uunawaan. Huwag takasan ang pagkukulang, kasalanan ay panagutan, magmalinis ay iwasan, nakakainis, marumi rin naman ang magkaaway, ipagbati, gumit na ka at huwag kumampi. Lahat tayo ay magkakapatid, anumang mali ay ituwid, magdasal sa Diyos, may kapal, maging banal at huwag rangal. Itong tula ay alay ko, sa bayan ko, at sa buong mundo. Mga kababayan ko, dapat lang malaman nyo, bilipap ko sa kulay ko. Muni Muni Stories Podcast is presented by the Filipinas Heritage Library, OPM Archive, and Ayala Museum. Episodes are hosted and written by FHL Sofia Santiago, and sound engineering was done by FHL's Andre Angeles. You just listened to the second episode of the Muni Muni Stories Podcast with Pia Magalona and Sab Magalona Bacaro as our guests and Mga Kababayan as our featured song. Did you like it? Kindly let us know by commenting in our social media pages in Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Filipinas Heritage Library and the OPM Archive. Thank you!